Anyone remember what I spoke about? After Jodie said we hear it and then we go away and forget all about it. Does anyone remember? Go on. Little foxes and roots. So roots and little foxes. So um, ensure your roots are strong. Ensure your roots are strong. And beware the little foxes or catch with the little foxes. So I just want to think about growing. Growing, growing in maturity, okay? So if you've got your Bible, but we'll have it up, it's 2 Peter, chapter 1. Um, not sure how much we'll... Well, we'll just go for it. I've got a three-point sermon, by the way. So 2 Peter, chapter 1, verses 3 to 11. His, that's God's, God's divine power has given us everything we need for life, and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, his glory and goodness, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature. It is amazing, isn't it? And escape the corruption in this world caused by evil desires. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance and to perseverance godliness and to godliness mutual affection and to mutual affection love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But if any of you do not have them, you are short-sighted and blind, and you have forgotten that you have been cleansed from your past sins. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, be all the more eager to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never fall and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Lord, thank you for your word, and, and just thank you for there's so much um, in this. So, um, verses 3 to 4, I'm just going to read again. His, God's divine power, has given us everything we need for a godly life, through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. It's just amazing. God, saviour, Jesus rescues us from a corrupt, even, fallen world and then he gives us everything we need to live a godly life through our knowledge of him, through our knowing him. It's knowing Jesus that's the most important thing. Through Jesus, we know the Father. Through Jesus, we know the Spirit. Knowledge experience, intimacy, relationship, friendship with God 
is so important. Oh, can we have my... Yeah, that's it. Oh, this, that's not going to work, is it, Bible? And, oh, look at that. First point. God has given us all we need to be spiritually mature. We've got to believe that. We've actually got to believe that. We've got to receive that word, humbly accept it, that God, you have done absolutely everything so that I can be spiritually mature. What does spiritual maturity look like, you ask? Jesus. If we've got someone to, to follow and model our lives on, it's Jesus. He is the mature one. He's the one that we need to look to and want to attain to. I want to be like him. I want to be like Jesus. That is maturity. Looking like Jesus. The character of Jesus, the fruit of the Spirit, the character that's produced, and the works of Jesus. Doing the same things that Jesus did with the same godly character. That is maturity. And that is what God wants for us as individuals, but that is what he wants for us as church, local church here. But his church, what does he want his church to look like? Father God wants his church to look like Jesus. That is maturity. That is our goal. And we have got awesome spiritual power available to us. So it is not beyond us, right? The lie would say that it is beyond you to look like Jesus. It is not beyond you because of Jesus. In our own strength, in our own power, in our own ways, we cannot do it. But by the grace of God, we can be like Jesus. There is power available. This is good news, everyone. We can become who we're made to be and called to be. So what do we have to do? We've got to be staying plugged into the power or to remain in the vine. If we're going to be fruitful, fruitful, looking like Jesus, we need to be plugged in. If Jesus is Lord of your life, then be rooted in him, established in him, so that you can flourish in him. As I said last week, because you liked it, if you are rooted, you will be fruited. He has called us to be fruitful people. So we have the ability to resist temptation and sin because of his spirit in us. Christ in us, the hope of glory, Jesus at work in us, I can be like him, I can be mature, I can say no to sin, I can say no to temptation, I can live a godly life. And all the other arguments that come against it, we need to capture those little foxes and make them obedient to Christ. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So let us be in that intimate personal relationship that brings understanding of who he is, what he's done and what he expects of us so that we live by the word of God and the spirit of God. We need to be a people of the word and the spirit. So that's, you know, being encouraged to get into a small group 
with Romans. Be encouraged to, to read it and study it and think about it because it will bring transformation to your life. But be aware, head knowledge that never touches the heart. We don't want head knowledge that doesn't touch our heart, but equally we don't want heart knowledge that never touches our head. Our feelings and our thinking need to be submitted to the word and to the spirit, and then we can grow up. And it's all because of his glory and his goodness, his glory, his majestic presence, the way of God and the goodness of his character. This is why he's doing this. He wants to meet with us and work through us. Hallelujah. The Bible says this, that all have sinned. Where is it from? Romans. All have sinned and fall short of what? Glory of God. You know, we can think we've fallen short of a list of things to do or a bunch of rules and regulations. What we've fallen short of is the glory of God, the presence and weight and goodness of God. We've fallen short of God's standard. He is now giving us the opportunity to be included in that standard, that we are a holy people just like him. Hallelujah. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's the bad news. And all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came through Jesus. Jesus' death, burial, resurrection, it's, it's been done. The gift of God is there. The grace of God is at work so that his power at work in us, we can live a life that's pleasing to him. So let's be convinced of that. God has given me all I need to be spiritually mature. Point two. God wants us to actively pursue spiritual maturity. It is, we are rescued, saved, born again. We are spiritually immature or a baby. So you don't expect a baby in the natural to do certain things, do you? And you don't beat a baby up for not doing the thing. What you know, go and clean your own teeth. You make my dinner. You wouldn't do that. And so we need to recognise in ourselves that as a people, some of us are mature in faith and, and more like Jesus. Some aren't. But we don't beat each other up about that. And the other thing I want to say is that spiritual growth is not tied up with years sat in a chair in a church meeting. I've been to church 100 million years, so I'm that mature. No. You can be a born-again, uh, born spirit-filled baby who leaps and bounds into maturity within weeks, months, years. And you can have someone who's really immature and they've been around church for years. Let's not be deceived. Let's be wise. Let's look at the fruit of a life, not just listen to a gift or stuff. Gift is a gift, you're good at something because God lets you be good at something. Character, it's a work in progress. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling, Paul says to the church at Philippi. You've got to work at it. So, let's go um, back to uh, Peter. He says, for this very reason, because God has given you all the power that you need to be spiritually mature, for this reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness 
and to goodness, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control, and self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, mutual affection, and to mutual affection, love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sin. Uh, a dog returns to its vomit. Uh, a clean pig returns to the mud. Why do we, we forget who we are in Christ and we remember our old ways and go back to them? But no, 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 this is not for us. We're not to forget, we're to remember. And in our knowledge of Jesus... We want to be effective and productive. Or another way of saying that, fruitful. Yeah? To produce the fruit of Jesus. So, these godlier virtues, these good things, we are to make every effort. So, as I've said before, grace is is not opposed to work. We've been saved by grace to do good works. We're not saved by good works. So grace is not opposed to work. It's opposed to earning. We don't earn our salvation. We don't deserve our salvation. It's the free gift of God. There you go. Here's all the power, all you need to be godly people. Now, use what I'm giving you. Use, let your faith Work, let it be prompted by the things I want you to do and say, and do them. Don't overthink them. Don't second guess. Get on being the people of God. Make every effort. Grab hold. And I don't, I personally don't believe or think that this is a, like a list, like it's a list that adds on. I, I just think he's, Peter is expressing himself. You know, Peter was a leader in the early church. Peter was writing this letter to a church that was suffering external pressure, persecution. Right? And he was writing to the church that was suffering internal pressure, false teaching, false prophets. Be on your guard, wake up, be alert. Guess what? If you are having a relationship with God, you will be cut off from the world and false teachings. You'll know the true stuff. If your relationship with Jesus is all about watching YouTube videos or listening to sermons, that that isn't, that's part of it. It's not your relationship. It's your relationship that you've got to work on and work out. So, we haven't really got time to go through these, but there's there's faith. Without faith, Hebrews says, it's impossible to please God. There's, There's goodness. You know, You, goodness. God is good. Are we good? Are we full of goodness to other people? There's knowledge that that we know God, that we know know who he is, know what he expects, but we know ourselves in that. Spiritual maturity requires a level of honesty where we know ourselves, where we know what we need to work on, Not beat ourselves up, but I know I need to work on that. And I know that that is a challenge to me. Otherwise, we're just blind and stupid. We need to know God, but we need to know ourselves. We need to know where we're at. We need to know what our weaknesses are, what our temptations are. But even then, we need to be careful that if we think we're standing 
fast and okay, we better watch ourselves in case we fall. But we don't want to fall, so we want to be those that work with, like, with faith and goodness and knowledge, self-control, putting yourself under the control of the Holy Spirit. I want to do this. I want to do that. Holy Spirit, uh-uh. Yeah, but the Bible doesn't say I can't watch that program. I've read the Bible. It doesn't... Yeah, but Holy Spirit's saying, don't do that. Or the Holy Spirit's saying, you do that. Don't compare yourself with anyone else. Don't go, yeah, but they're doing it. I know my friend does that, and they're all, yeah, but you can't. And, and they don't do this. Yeah, but you do. It's relationship-specific, Holy Spirit, relationship, pushing you into doing the good things. Perseverance, like, don't give up. Don't lose heart. Don't give in. Don't let your hang, hands hang limp. Persevere. Press on. You know, following Jesus at times can be hard, difficult, challenging. It, it, it takes my desires to get pushed to one side, myself to die. If I'm going to live, really live it, I need to persevere. When I'm facing temptations and difficulties, I've got to persevere. It's hard work. Persevere, don't give up. Godliness, growing godliness, being like God. Growing mutual affection. Mutual affection, it's there, it's showing fondness to others. It's showing a sympathy, a harmony, a friendship. Let's be honest, there are some people that we like and get on with and it's, it's easy. But we need to work in the community of faith. We need to work about having some mutual affection because people thrive on affection. I'm not like saying you should... I wouldn't embrace Ken and kiss him in an affectionate way because it wouldn't do him any good. See, that's not his love language. But if I know Ken, I'd go, well, what should I do? Take him for a drive down the M4, stop at a um, service station and buy him a coffee. Now I'm speaking his language. See, that's, that is mutual affection, because if I know him and understand him, then I can do something that's loving and kind for him. And not for me, because mutual affection isn't about me doing something so that I feel better and good. Yeah? We don't do things to make us feel better and good. We do things out of obedience to Christ to bless and encourage and build up others. It's not about us. It's all about him and loving his church. So mutual affection. And then it goes on to love, which we could do weeks on, couldn't we? 1 Corinthians 13, love. So if you, let us, if you like, I don't, it sounds a bit crass, but use God's power and strength or, or at least work with God's power and strength so that we grow in all of this lovely godliness. If we do this with, what did it say, increasing measure, we will, it stops us being ineffective. So we will be effective and productive. We're getting rid of the little foxes. Because if we're pursuing spiritual maturity, the foxes can't keep up. They'll be lagging, get out, because we're heading on. The moment we spend too much time focusing on that, we're, we're, we're in trouble. We need to move on. So, let's remember, because um, it says, forgetting that they've been cleansed. If we forget, 
we're in trouble. The Christian life requires the constant recall or remembrance of truth. I am forgiven. I am clean. When we're reminded of things that we've confessed and received forgiveness, when, when it's something new, we need to in, go with um, confession and repentance and receive that forgiveness. But then we go, I am clean. I am clean in Jesus. So we need to remember the truth. So God has given us all we need to be spiritually mature. God wants us to actively pursue spiritual maturity. And three, God wants us to work hard to be the people that he's called us to be, confident that we will be rewarded. God sees, God knows. He knows what's going on inside our hearts and minds. He knows. So we don't, we're not worried about other people's judgment or other pe- what other people's opinions are. God, what are you saying? So therefore, verse 10, my dear brothers and sisters, make every effort again. So we've had make every effort and he's saying it again, so maybe we should make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble and you will receive a rich welcome, not just me, but a a rich welcome from God into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. God wants us to work hard to be the people he's called us to be, confident that we'll be rewarded. It breaks my heart. It causes me pain and sadness when people come to faith in Jesus, they receive the Spirit, they're baptised in water, and then they fall away. They stop pursuing Jesus. They, they, they live as if God doesn't exist. If you speak to them, oh, well, I still believe. No, no, I still... But their life doesn't tell you that. If you read the book of their life, it tells them that you've gone back to the world. And it breaks my heart. We don't need to stumble or fall away. We don't need to do that. We can remain truthful. Why? Because he's given us all the power we need to do it. And if we co-work with him and actively pursue spiritual maturity, we will grow up. And so we will confirm that calling. Jesus says, I want you. I want you. I want you. I want you to come and follow me. I want you to be part of my team. I want you to win this thing. Come and join me. And as we partner with Jesus and we're doing the stuff, we can be confident that we are going to have a rich welcome because he's going to say to us, if we live out this Jesus stuff, he's going to go, well done. Well done. Go on, my son. Go on, my daughter. Well, now, now you're ready to come in. Hallelujah. Praises to God and Praises to you. Well done, good and faithful servant. Now, I'm not saying it's too deep now to get into that people won't get saved by the skin of their teeth and the grace of God. But to receive the well done of the king. Wow. I want, I want to receive his well done. Now, it doesn't mean that we've done everything right. It's just that we've walked with him. We've journeyed with him. We've cooperated with him. We've received from him. And we're doing our very best to live out what he's put in. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Continue to work it out. 
and work it out. What God has put in, we work out. So let us not be so caught up in this world that we think it's all about this life and we forget our true home. This life is our temporary assignment. This life is for us to work in. Our future with Jesus, the glory of a home with God, heaven on earth, forever. There you go. What a joy. What a delight. So we can allow the knowledge of that future to shape our here's and now's. You know, I was struck, Tony said something the other week when she said, like, don't call yourself a Christian, just be a Christian. Let people notice you living out the light rather than you telling everyone you're the light and actually there's no light coming from you because you're covered in mud. You didn't say all of that, but it sparked me off. You can't know Jesus without showing the importance of Jesus in the way that you live. Because if we really know him, we are going to make him known. So, yeah, Lord, thank you uh, for your words. Thank you for your scriptures. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you, Lord, for, for what you've spoken and what you've said without our hearing how you've spoken into people's hearts and minds, where you've referenced things to them. And so, Lord God, we thank you that you have given us all we need to be spiritually mature. We thank you that you are encouraging us to pursue spiritual maturity, being like Jesus. And thank you, Lord, that you give us all that we need so that we can work hard to be the people that you've called us to be. We can know that joy and that we can have that confident expectation, not only of a, of a home in heaven with you, but also a reward. Thank you, Lord.